if you look around and see only darkness, maybe you are the light. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If, you're for, if it's your first time joining us, welcome. Glad you decided to give us a try. You can subscribe on YouTube, Rumble, or Spotify. You can also subscribe on Facebook, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days for a limited time. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E, .wisdomworthknowing.org, and uh, take advantage of that deal right now. If you look around and see only darkness, maybe you are the light. A lot of people don't even stop to consider the fact that they are the hope for other people. If you've never been in an immense darkness or a very dark place in your life, Count yourself blessed, of course, you know, but don't feel guilty for that. That's a good thing. It means that you are surrounded by people and places and you stand on the shoulders of giants. And generally, the people that came before us suffered immensely or worked very, very hard to make sure that the level of our suffering was diminished or minimized. You don't have to look that far back in history to see this to see just how much people suffered only a hundred years ago. And this was real suffering. This was death, famine, sickness. Wasn't that long ago. And the people who came out of that, including war, by the way, the people who came out of that, they did not want their children to go through the same things they went. And so they invested a tremendous amount of time, energy, passion, to help create a world that would have minimal suffering. Obviously, that did come at a cost. History will tell us whether that cost is permanent? I don't think it will be. I think I think I think we have a lot to lose now because of what those before us have accomplished. The downside is is because they did such a tremendous job. This is the the generation like two or three generations ago, the uh the wartime, World War II, that generation that came out of that. They did such a tremendous job. And, and the people right before that, of course. They did such a tremendous job making our lives better. I, I, I don't even know if there's a, a proper word for it. <laughs> I don't know if there's a word that can really describe it. If you lack in gratitude, pick up a um, pick up a history book, seriously. Like, and and go back like 150 years, and you're going to be like, oh, wow. The reason I bring that up is because if if we have not experienced darkness, it's because in most cases we were very 
blessed to be surrounded by people and places and environments that were far more conducive to living a comfortable and safe life so that we could enjoy our lives than living a life of suffering. This is something to be immensely grateful for. It's not something we should be feel guilty for. It's not something we should be angry about. It's not something that we should be bitter about. It, we sh it should be the complete opposite. It, it, should, it should be a, a deep, immense gratitude for those in our lives who dedicated their lives and still do dedicate their lives to keeping us out of that darkness. But not everybody is very is that lucky. Not everybody has that benefit. You know, some people are surrounded by darkness. They're from broken families, broken homes, broken generational weaknesses. They're in a a pit that generation after generation dug for them. And they're growing up in a pit that is so deep that the, even the thought or prospect of getting themselves out of it is difficult, if not impossible. Some of them don't even know they're in a pit. And why would they? They've never known anything any different. These are everyday people that you don't even know. You might, you might come across them every day. And not even realize it. Because most of us, and I talk about this regularly on the show, most of us don't really know what other people are going through. Most, many people don't even know what they're going through. They couldn't articulate it in words if they wanted to. So expecting the people in despair to be able to effectively communicate that despair is a... It's just not something you should expect. Generally, people in despair cope. They don't communicate. Uh, coping mechanisms are easily observable. Anger. Addiction. I mean, that covers a lot of it. Greed. That's a good one. We could even talk about the seven deadly sins in that respect because those tend to be what we gravitate toward when we are coping with life rather than living it. Let me pull them up here. Lust. Gluttony. We overeat. Greed. Sloth. Laziness. That's one way of coping. With our darkness, wrath, which is basically a vengeful, that one's ugly. Envy, pride. I mean, I'm not going to go into the details of what these look like. I think they're pretty self-explanatory. Um, but I I genuinely believe these are coping mechanisms, and, and we all have them. You know, we all, we all do them to a degree. This escapes nobody. But when we're in dark places, I think we do have a thorn in our side. We have specific ones we struggle with more than others. Some people struggle with more lust more than do with, with gluttony. Some people struggle with greed more than they do sloth. Some people struggle with wrath more than they do envy, for example. 
I think this is by design. Um, I, I, I think that the diversity of people and their weaknesses is necessary so that we can help lift each other up. So if you're somebody who struggles with greed and, and then I'm not, then I'm somebody who can help you deal with that struggle or with that coping mechanism. Some of them are actually contradictory. So greed and sloth, for example, like people who don't struggle with greed can benefit from people who tend to be more slothful sometimes because they have a, they, they're better at balancing it. Although if you get somebody who struggles with both on both sides, get ready to fight. <laughs> you know, if they have opposites, you know, if somebody's greedy and the other person's slothful, those two, those two people are destined for conflict. But we're not going to go into that too much. But the point is, is that dark people in darkness have these tendencies to gravitate toward coping mechanisms. Right? They they cope. They don't communicate. Generally speaking, not all of them. If you know somebody who does struggle with these things, they are in a darkness. And although they may not be able to communicate that darkness to you, it's good to acknowledge that people are just using the emotional tools that have worked for them up to that point. And maybe you see that because you know that there's a better way. You see that darkness. You know that there's a better way to cope. But because you know that, that makes you the light, which is that secondary part of that quote. If you look around and you see only darkness, maybe you're the light. Now, there's a couple things that immediately pop into my head on this, too. It's it's not good to be surrounded by darkness. So if you're a part of a group or a, um, a friends or coworkers or whatever it might be in which you wake up in the morning and you're surrounded by an immense darkness and then you go to work and you're surrounded by an immense darkness and then you go hang out with your friends and you're surrounded by an immense darkness. That's not good because darkness can extinguish light. Especially over time, there's a drift that occurs. So if, if there's a lack of balance between places in which you are surrounded by darkness and places you're surrounded by light, then it's it may be time for an environmental change. It may be time to prune certain things out of your life that are just too much darkness. You know, the same can be true for too much light, too. If you're only surrounded by people who are happy and perfect all the time, it's really easy to lose sight of those who are in darkness who need help. It's also very easy to forget, kind of like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, it's easy for that pride to kick in and start to think you're something great and it's all because of you. Being around darkness serves as a reminder of where you could be. There's a popular saying in the Christian circles, it's, if not for the grace of God, that would be me. But if we're never in a situation or we never see anything, that's a reminder of what, what our lives could look like had we not been so blessed and lucky. Then it's very difficult to be grateful for what we have. And I genuinely believe that 
the cornerstone of gratitude is that awareness. That awareness of, I'm sorry, the cornerstone of joy and happiness is gratitude. Or our gratitude is gratitude, sorry. So too much darkness, too much light, not good. So we, we need to find this balance. And it's not hard to find darkness. It's a pretty easy thing to look for. Light is generally harder to find. It's harder to find people who are optimistic, positive, motivated, encouraging. It's, it's a lot more difficult, generally speaking, to find that. Especially if you're in a situation or environment and you're young, in which you don't have a whole lot of control over the environment you're in. It's very difficult to see the light or, or find an environment in which you can be saturated in the light. You may or may not be religious, but churches are a good place for this, generally speaking. Of course, not all churches are good. I'll be the first to tell you that. They're ran by human beings. They're just as capable of the seven deadly sins we talked about, uh, falling into those traps. Pride can be uglier in those environments, too, because it just doesn't look good. Um, especially when you're at a place where it's supposed to be teaching love and humility. So... It's like going to a therapy session and getting abused. <laughs> it's just the environment is not is is it's a it's a sharp contrast to what it's supposed to be. But if we only see darkness everywhere we go, we may need to at times or stages in our in our day or our week find a way to surround ourselves with positive things. This could be something as simple as following podcasts or listening to books that are generally positive in nature so they can fill us up. One person that actually was really helpful for me, me was um, Joyce Myers. She's actually a, a book writer. She's got a great podcast, but she's generally a very positive person. So spending like 10 to 20 minutes a day in that did help me kind of realign myself. But we don't want to insulate. You know, we don't we don't want to only we don't want to shut out everybody because we've all been at darkness at certain stages of our lives. We've been in a darkness. And we need the light. People need hope. Before we move into that, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, you get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days, you get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog, as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours, too. Pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot org right now, and take advantage of this free offer for a limited time. People in darkness need a light and they don't need a lot of it. Have you ever found yourself in complete darkness, like absolute darkness where you can't even see your hand in front of your face? 
if you've ever been on one of those cave tours where they actually turn off all the lights in the cave and you can't even see right in front of you, that's an immense darkness. In that level of darkness, you don't need much light to see something that you can head toward. Just on a statistical level, you can look up addiction, suicide, depression, anxiety, just the sheer number of issues that we struggle with, even in a, a very lucky and blessed culture we're in. And you realize there's a tremendous amount of people in darkness, and it's a lot of people we don't even know are in darkness. So just being a positive person is a light. Being grateful, talking to people well, being kind. You may be the only light they see on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, don't put too much pressure on yourself. This doesn't mean you have to be perfect. The point is, is it's very easy to lose sight of the fact that you are of value in those situations. It is important, though, to make sure that you stop and take the time to fill yourself back up. Self-care is immensely important if you're in a situation in which you are surrounded by darkness regularly. And for everybody, self-care looks different. We do need to find what fills us up. And this is tricky because not everything... fills us up and then there's counterfeits there's things that supposedly fill us up drugs are like a counterfeit for example sex is a counterfeit or lust is a counterfeit that creates the illusion that it's filling us up but it kind of leaves us even emptier after but <clears throat> it is it's it's tricky it's, it's hard to find the things that genuinely fill us up completely For me, it is, is it does tend to be alone time, prayer time, meditation time, listening to people who are constructive and positive podcasts, audiobooks are a big one for me. That's why that's why I've actually chosen Audible as part of this this show as something I regularly promote because audiobooks are an excellent way for me to just pop in an earbud and listen to a daily devotion or to a podcast or to a book. That helps me deal with whatever the darkness I'm in at the moment. And those darknesses could be seasons that we're going through. And we just need somebody to just be the light, you know, to help us wade through that those rough waters at that time. Or that darkness. To keep the analogies consistent. Somebody who can give us that light to focus on as we navigate a death or a darkness or whatever that situation might be in our lives at that time. Because like I said, we don't need a lot. I genuinely, genuinely think we don't need a lot of light in order to help, help us navigate through darknesses. And it may be you. And you look around, you see only darkness. You're like, am I alone? Well, maybe for that season you are. Maybe this is your battle. Maybe that's your fight. Maybe you are the light to other people. Another thing to kind of, I think, elaborate on in this respect is 
not everything in the dark likes the light. So if you are a light in a certain environment, those who like the darkness or enjoy the darkness, because maybe that's a season they're in, or maybe they've just completely shut themselves off from hope. If you are the light in a certain situation, there is a chance that you will be rejected, scoffed, yelled at, made fun of, mocked. Because you're the light. An important quote to remember is, People tend to be resentful towards those who remind them that there is a better way. If people enjoy the darkness that they're in, because they have accepted the fact that the darkness that they're in, which could one of these be one of these seven or a combination of these seven deadly sins, it could be the lust, the gluttony, the greed, the sloth, the wrath, the envy, the pride. It could be that they've just fully accepted that these are the only way to deal with life. When they encounter another human who's found a way to navigate their lives without them, you become an object of frustration for them, I guess is the best way to put it. And every time they see you or interact with you, it serves as a reminder that they don't need these things or may not need these things to be happy and healthy. And people can respond in a couple ways. They can they can look inward or they can lash out. And there are a decent number of people, including myself, that at certain seasons have lashed out. You know, they'll lash out at those who remind them that there's a better way. But don't the, the trick here is to not take it personally and not to think too highly of yourself. It's like I said, if not for the grace of God or if not for your circumstances or your those who came before you or your generation of family who 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 lifted you up and kept you le- lifted up out of that darkness you could very well have been the same and by the way if you're not careful you could easily fall into any of these traps so it's it's important first of all not to think too highly of ourselves because it you know it doesn't take much Most of these are fun. Lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, pride. They feel good. <laughs> so they are easy traps to fall into. Pretty much all of them. And there's stages of my life in which I fall into all these. And then there's still stages of my life in which I do fall into them. But remember, a lot of times that's just where they're at. And it's important not to take it personally. I think prayer is important for this. A lot of people mock people who are religious because we say, pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. A lot of the times prayer is is not just for the other person. It's for ourselves. And in, in, uh, uh, arguably, in almost every case, it's for ourselves. Prayer is a way of uh, for us to deal with our lack of control over others because we have little to no control when it comes down to it over how other people react or behave. And so prayer presents us with an opportunity to turn inward 
and upward on the things that are out of our control. It's acknowledging how little we can do in most situations. And, it, and the turning it over to God is, a, is necessary for us to love people better. Because if we absorb all of the things that they're, all the decisions that they're making or all the circumstances that they're going through, it will crush us. And so what prayer does is it gives us an opportunity to offload the portions of that situation that are out of our control, which is most of it. And then it allows us to take hold of the, the small corner of it that we can impact. And so prayer helps us with that. It, helps, it hopefully helps us find that balance. Of like, listen, that person, place, thing, or situation is, is yours, God. You take care of it. If there's anything I can do to help, make me aware of it. And in many cases, there's only a few things we can do. We can only be kind to people who are struggling with anger. We can only be say, say comforting words to those who are struggling with death. We can only donate money to those who are struggling with a tragedy, financial tragedy. You know, especially if it's millions or hundreds of miles away. Prayer changes us. Now, there is healing prayer. That's a whole different universe that we could talk about. I don't want to devalue it, of course. But... There are there are certain aspects that it's a very prayer is a very open and dynamic thing. But if we get into healing prayer, that actually becomes a religious topic. And generally speaking, I don't get too heavy into religion. I, I do believe prayer can heal as well. But. Um, but, yeah, I, I just from a practical standpoint, prayer, I think, helps position us in our relationships and situations better. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. Pause this podcast right now and go sign up and get that exclusive deal, and it'll help out the show as well. If you don't like it, you can cancel any time for 30 days. So thank you for stopping by. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I am your host, Craig Chamberlain. Don't forget you can subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can also sign up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And until next time, if you find yourself and look around and see only darkness, maybe you are the light. So let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today because that's all we can do. I will see you all tomorrow.